This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Transcend Human podcast. It is great to be with you another Monday morning, um, early morning here in Southern California. I just looked down at the date, and it is November 15th, 2021. Unbelievable. I mean, we thought 2020 went by in a blink of an eye, but this is uh, equally fast this year. 2021 has just flown by. Um, We've got a lot of fun and crazy stuff done here on the podcast this year, um, from just regular felt-need topics that we do to the Transcendent Parenting series that we wrapped up a few weeks ago. Uh, That was a lot of fun. And have some great stuff coming in the future as well. Um, I had really, really, really wanted to get conscience-driven therapy uh, thrown in here this year, but uh, the year just got away from us. And so um, I am already working on, I think, the third or fourth episode um, for conscience-driven therapy. So Putting it together, it'll be ready, um, but I think we're going to push that off till next year and try to launch kind of out of the gates first thing, you know, maybe the first or second week of, of January, try to push that series out. I'm really looking forward to that because that is the direct kind of outpouring um, the, the next step, if you will, out of controversy theory. So controversy theory, we spent, what, 17 weeks or something like that talking through And so conscience-driven therapy comes along, and it's really the next step out of that. It's the action items. It's the actionable behaviors that we can choose for our lives um, in order to build on what we've learned in controversy theory. So look forward to that. Um, I hope you'll stick around and be with us next year as we dive into that information. But today, um, again, another felt-need topic. This is a really interesting one that has been kind of on my mind for a while. Um, But before we jump into that, let's do a minute of transparency. So I'm going to call this minute, What Just Happened? So I want to start with a story because I think it really illustrates the basic idea behind this episode pretty well. So my high school experience was a little disjointed. Uh, Not only did I move from Powell, Wyoming, back to the Chicagoland area, really the summer before my freshman year, Uh, but then halfway through high school, I moved away from the school I was attending, which was kind of a a day academy. I I lived literally down the street from it. So I went to that school freshman, sophomore year. And then in the summer between sophomore and junior year, I moved away from home, probably an hour, hour and a half away from home, and went to a boarding academy. Uh, for the rest of my high school career. So this boarding school was a ways outside of Chicago. It was in a little town called La Fox, Illinois, 
a rural farming community with lots of land for growing crops and doing next to nothing, basically. Uh, Now, our campus was in the middle of all of that, a cluster of houses, buildings, athletic fields, right? Just enough to support a student population of around 350 kids. So I decided to move to the school in the summer between sophomore and junior year because this would allow me to kind of get my feet wet to start working. Uh, There was a lot of opportunities for employment there on campus. And so it allowed me to start working, save up some money, which would then help pay for tuition um, over the next couple of years. So it was me and a rather small group of other students uh, that had chosen to do that. And we were all living in the dormitories, working during the day, and then looking for trouble the rest of the time. So one night, uh, I decided I was going to sneak out of the dorm with a few other guys, right? We were going to pretend like we were ninjas or assassins or something crazy like that. You know, the sort of stuff that high school boys do when they're trying to find something to do late at night. So we snuck out. And because we were on such a dangerous adventure, uh, I remember grabbing my favorite knife, which was a butterfly knife. Now, for those of you who don't know what a butterfly knife is, it's basically uh, a knife where the handle splits in two and it collapses around the blade in order to hide the blade. Then if you were to swing it around in a very certain way, the blade comes out and you grab the other half of the, the handle and it becomes a knife, right? So it seemed to fit well with our desire to be ninjas. So we snuck through the campus, we avoided the floodlights, uh, and eventually we came to the edge of the school property where we slipped through some barbed wire fences and then proceeded into what we called the back 40s. And this was just, you know, 40 acres of land that really didn't seem to be used for anything other than growing trees and shrubs and all of that stuff. So we snuck around for a while and we laughed at how sneaky we were, but Eventually, we got bored, and so we started to head back. And I was walking along the irrigation ditch with a knife in my hand, flipping it around, open, closed, open, closed, when all of a sudden, kids jumped out of the ditches right in front of us. Without a moment to think, I was face-to-face with a large freshman student, me holding my butterfly knife, and he right in front of me, staring at me and the knife. Everything went silent for a second, and then he lost it. He came at me as if he was going to rip my head off. He grabbed me around the neck with both hands, and that was the last thing I can remember. My guess is that one of his friends pulled him off of me or said something uh, that brought him back to reality. But just like that, it was all over. I was still there holding my knife, and the group of kids who scared us left and ran back to the school. But that wasn't the end of the story. It wasn't over. So I got back to my room, and at some point, a courier, we'll just call this person the courier, uh, knocked on my door. Now, his job was to let me know that the other kid was still hot and that I better watch out or I may not survive the night. Wow. I just sat there in disbelief wondering what just happened. Now, this freshman had a brother at the school, and the brother happened to be a senior, a really big senior. I don't mean big like he ate a lot. I mean big like he worked out all the time and could probably snap me like a twig. So the courier suggested that it might be good for me to chat with the big brother first in order to smooth things over. So I agreed. The courier walked me down to senior hall and eventually stopped in front of a door. He knocked on the door 
and eventually we were ushered in. The room was dark, except for the light of the moon shining through an open window. I sat on one bed, and the big brother sat across from me in this chair that literally reminded me of a throne. You know, the kind of thrones that kings sit on when they determine the fate of a peasant farmer who's been charged with stealing from the wealthy. Uh, I think he was enjoying himself uh, because he literally played it to the nth degree, right? He he explained how mad his brother was. He explained all the things he wanted to do to me. And he let me know in, a no, in no uncertain terms that he, the older brother, was the only thing standing between me and a trip to the hospital. Then he let me know how kind he was and that he was going to let me explain my side of the story first. So I tried my best, right? I explained how we were ninjas and how my knife was nothing more than a prop in this simple charade. How we were just out walking along when a group of kids jumped out at us, leading me to be face to face with his little brother, who by the way, wasn't little either, right? In fact, he was built like his brother and may have been taller than him at the time. I can't remember, but both brothers were inches taller than me and both were from downtown Chicago, like a real neighborhood in Chicago. Uh, They were street smart and they knew how to handle themselves. Unlike me, a little white boy from Wyoming pretending to be a ninja. Needless to say, he listened, then summoned the courier who went to fetch the little brother. Little brother enters and I'm told to explain exactly what I just told the older brother. So I do. And I wait. And eventually the little brother tells his side of the story. And lucky for me, there were a lot of other kids who had witnessed the incident, so his story pretty well matched mine. Big brother listened, played mediator, and then asked if we could shake and call it good. So we did. And from that point on, as far as I know, we were friends. We hung out at times, we talked as if nothing had ever happened, and as far as I remember, that incident was never brought up again. But that event stuck with me, right? I look back every now and then and I ask myself, what just happened? Or how did that happen? But that's a good thing, right? Because over the years, I've been able to categorize it in my brain. And our episode today should hopefully explain this well. So today's topic is transcending flammable situations. And in this episode, we're basically going to address three parts of a phrase. And I'm going to tell you in advance, there is a cuss word in the phrase, so I apologize. Um, You know, this is a family show and we work really hard to make sure that it stays a family show. But in this case, I think you'll understand and I think the exception will be taken um, just because it really helps to explain the topic that we're on today. So without further ado, here we go. The phrase for today is, shit happens, but for everything else, lower the temperature. Number one, shit happens. Now, we've probably all heard this phrase used before, and we don't really need to explain it. I mean, it's pretty self-evident what it means. Um, But for the sake of this episode, I think it is important for us to really kind of go into a bit of detail on how it applies to us in our everyday lives. So let's start with the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which explains that this phrase is used to say that bad things happen as part of life and cannot be prevented. According to Wikipedia, 
It's a common vulgar slang phrase that is used as a simple existential observation that life is full of unpredictable events. Similar to así es la vida or c'est la vie, two other phrases that acknowledge that bad things happen to people seemingly for no particular reason. Uh, the phrase was first observed in 1964, but wasn't really used in print until 1983. So the meaning is clear, right? It's another version of Murphy's Law. Bad things seem to happen for no particular reason. Or bad things are a part of life. Or bad things cannot be prevented from happening. So this is really where I want to start, right? By acknowledging the fact that we are not in control. We can't do all the right things, say all the right things, be in all the right places all the time. At some point, even with our best efforts, something bad is going to happen. It's part of life. It's part of the human condition. Now, the title of this episode is Transcending Flammable Situations. And what I'm trying to do really is connect the word flammable with these bad or negative things that we experience in life. So I'm referring to them as flammable for two reasons. First, because fire is dangerous and it can burn you. Therefore, it's bad. But also because we have some level of control over whether or not something is flammable right? So here's an example. If you soak your shirt in gasoline and go stand next to a campfire, you increase the likelihood that your shirt could go up in flames along with you. But if you were to soak your shirt in water and go stand next to the same campfire, um, it's very unlikely that you or your shirt will go up in flames, right? So this will be really important as we move through the episode to kind of have this understanding of what I'm referring to when I say flammable. So let's talk for a few minutes more about the flammable stuff, the bad stuff that actually happens to us from time to time and, and kind of net it out. So back when we talked through controversy theory, uh, we did this deep dive into what the human condition is and how it impacts us. So on the one hand, right, there's a good side of the human condition, right? Because it's the human condition is all of the experiences from birth to death uh, that we that we experience in life. So there's obviously good along with the bad. And so, you know, good things include we have good days, we have good experiences, we have good interactions with other people. Um, there's the beauty of nature. We experience love, joy, peace, happiness, all good things, right? But we also talked about the negative side of the human condition. And in particular, the three things, the three big buckets, which are human nature, human suffering, and human disturbance. All of these things we experience on some level, and there are varying levels of control that we have in each of those areas. But when we say shit happens, we're really focusing on the things that we don't have control over, right? So let's try to clump those things into categories. Maybe something like this. First, Satan's influence. Second, the impact of the sin virus. And finally, our failing environment. So let's start with Satan's influence. So we've talked before about Satan's game plan, which is basically revenge, right? That he wants nothing more than to ruin us humans, either by killing us outright or by making sure that we don't choose God over him, thereby keeping us from accepting God's free gift which is eternal life. 
So if you think about it that way, some of the bad things that happen to us are a direct result of Satan's anger, like his frustration with his situation and his desire for revenge. Now, a a very good example of this in the Bible is the story of Job. And I won't go through the entire story, but um, if you read the story of Job, you almost get this behind-the-scenes picture of Satan and God arguing over the life of Job. Because Job was a successful person, he was affluent, he had lots of things, and he served God. And Satan was like, well, the only reason you serve God is because you have all this positive stuff going on in your life. If you had some negative stuff, some bad things happen to you, you know, Job would surely curse God and die. And so the story of Job is really this back and forth between Satan doing bad things to Job, Job thinking it through, Job talking with his friends, Job talking with his wife, and ultimately Job having to decide if he was still going to view God as sovereign or curse God and die. If you have time, you should really read the story. It's amazing. Okay, number two, let's talk about the impact of the sin virus. So outside of Satan's direct efforts, the sin virus has had a ripple effect that will never end until the world ends. So Satan introduced it to us at the beginning, and we fell for it. And ever since then, the sin virus has been influencing people to do bad things and to give in to our base human nature. Because of this, people do bad things, and sometimes those bad things impact us. Like a really good example of this is just, you know, when a drunk driver hits a random car on the freeway. The drunk driver is engaging in behavior that is consistent with the sin virus. And that selfish behavior doesn't take into consideration its impact on other people. Um, The driver that gets hit did nothing wrong, right? Other than just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Their behavior had little to no effect on the crash happening. They were simply in the wrong place at the wrong time, like I said. So situations like these are terrible and very hard for us to deal with and make sense of, right? Because they seem so random, so out of the blue. But it's the sin virus and its impact on the world, the impact that we have no control over. And finally, our failing environment. So this should be obvious, right? The earth was at one time perfect. And it's really hard to imagine what that even means or what that even looks like, right? I know I have thousands of questions about a perfect world, like the Garden of Eden. If it was truly perfect, how did that even work, right? If nothing died... Could you pick a flower? If you did, what happens, right? If life was perfect, was there dust? Was there dirt? Could you get grass stains if you slid on the grass? I mean, what did animals eat, right? And what did fish eat? If they didn't eat each other, what did they eat? Think of all the carnivores in the world today. Uh, What would that look like in a perfect world? But I digress, right? This obviously isn't our scenario today. The sin virus has impacted the earth the same way it impacts us. Instead of it being perfect, sustainable, and eternal, it is now tainted and unsustainable, spiraling out of control toward an eventual end. And we see the direct result of this in things like global warming, climate change, fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, earthquakes, All of these things are increasing both in frequency, but also in intensity. 
Now, because of this, more and more people are being impacted in a negative way by the environment itself. We are experiencing bad things because the world is falling apart around us. And here's the rub, right? It doesn't even matter what side of the global warming or climate change debate you're on. At the end of the day, if you're displaced by a hurricane or a flood or a fire, you're still displaced. It doesn't matter what you believe. Number two, but for everything else. So back to the mantra for today, shit happens, but for everything else, lower the temperature. And we're going to talk about everything else. What do we mean by that? Well, simply put, everything else includes the things that we do have control over. Because the first section was about the things we don't have control over, things that we don't see coming. But this is when we can start to actually impact the things that are happening to us. Maybe it's something that we did that caused the bad thing to happen, or maybe it's something that we chose not to do that caused the bad thing to happen. Whatever the case, we can look back and we can see a direct correlation between our behavior or our thinking and the negative outcome. Now, this happens a lot, right? But it doesn't mean that we recognize it. It doesn't mean that all of us are good at looking back and making the connection, connecting the dots between our choices and the negative things that happen to us or the difficulties that we face in life. This is a higher level of thinking, not just reacting to stimuli, but the ability to do what we would call a root cause analysis, an objective one, where we're willing to admit the part that we played in the outcome. So let's get practical, right? What do some of these everything else scenarios really look like? See if some of these sound familiar. I chose to drink, then drive. Now my license has been suspended. Uh, I choose to think the worst about everyone, and I'm having a really hard time dating somebody who will stick around. We decided unprotected sex wasn't a very big deal. Now we're pregnant, and we haven't graduated from high school yet. I choose to get into arguments with people at clubs, and one of those turned into a fight where I ended up spending the night in jail. I always put friends before schoolwork, and it looks like my failing grades are going to get me kicked out of college. I always need to be right, and I wonder why I have very few friends. Etc., etc., etc. See the correlation between all of those situations? We play a role in each of them, right? It's either our thinking or our behaving that gets us into these negative outcomes and makes them inevitable in some way. Okay, so one more. I chose to pretend I was a ninja and walked around with a weapon in my hand, which led to a dangerous situation where somebody felt like they were in danger and wanted to harm me in return. Sound familiar? So at the end of the day, what do we do about it? How can we choose good behavior and think in such a way that decreases the likelihood that bad things are going to happen. Number three, lower the temperature. So back to the original mantra, shit happens, but for everything else, lower the temperature. So what do I mean by lower the temperature? Well, there's a direct application and an implied application. So let's start with the direct application. You can see this in our relationships with other people, right? Or the way that we put ourselves out there in the world. The temperature is the vibe we're putting out, right? It's the way that we interact with others. It's the way that, the way that we interact with the world. 
if the temperature is hot, we're putting out stuff that is inflammatory, caustic, capable of starting fires, fires that may not be easily put out. It's creating drama and conflict with those around us, and it's putting things out into the universe that cause division, bitterness, anger, that sort of thing. If the temperature is cold, it's too far the other direction, right? We've checked out of life. We don't voice our opinion one way or the other, right? We stay out of conflict, but at the same time, we do nothing. Then there's your average body temperature. So we'll call this normal or average, right? It's, it's having the ability to stand up for yourself and to stand up for others, to stand up for causes you believe in, but at the same time doing it in a non-threatening way, choosing not to throw gasoline on an already roaring fire. So let's look at two scenarios. First, road rage. Very common, right? A driver does something wrong, and you feel the need to let them know how wrong it was, at a minimum, they may flip you off and just keep driving. Worst case scenario, they pull out a gun and shoot you, right? I mean, this just happened this year in California, and a six-year-old was killed because of it. Next example, religious or political conversations, right? Also very common and quickly becoming a lightning rod for heated debates and polarization. At a minimum, these conversations or debates could cause problems in your relationships. Middle of the road scenario, relationships are lost, families split, uh, split over just ridiculous little differences uh, politically or religiously. Worst case scenario, you have things like the riots at the Capitol building where actual lives were lost over political ideations. So that's direct application. Next, what's the implied application? on lowering the temperature. So the same thing is true in other scenarios that may not include another person directly, right? It may not be things that you put out into the world to raise the temperature. These are things that we choose to do, things that if we really thought through them, we might decide differently. These are ways of thinking um, that looking back, we realized got us into trouble. And in essence, by following through with these ways of thinking and behaving, we're raising the temperature in our own lives, increasing our anger, increased levels of stress or anxiety, increasing the severity of an addiction, or increasing the likelihood of failure with a job or an opportunity of some sort, Uh, sabotaging our own success by raising the temperature on things that shouldn't even exist. So let's just look at two examples of this, right? I mentioned addiction. Uh, It shouldn't be hard to see that an addiction adds a high level of heat to your life, right? Just a basic life in general can be difficult, but now try to navigate that life with an addiction and the temperature skyrockets, playing the game with those around you, pretending to be okay, hiding your use from loved ones and trying to remain functional the whole time. Uh, It's a temperature level that can't be sustained forever. Eventually you get burned. I also mentioned self-sabotaging behavior. So a good, a good example of this is a fear of success, right? Having it somewhere in your mind that good things shouldn't or won't happen to me. Or maybe that I don't deserve the good things for some reason. Uh, and I end up shooting myself in the foot over and over again. An opportunity comes my way and I turn it down. Or I get so stressed out that I have a bad interview and I can't, you know, and they decide to pass on me because my interview went poorly. Whatever the case, 
Like when you're raising the temperature every time you follow this line of thinking, it makes it very difficult on you as a person. And really the only way to get out of this cycle is to lower the temperature, to start thinking more clearly about yourself. And that's what we'll end with today, uh, with a few practical things that we can do to lower the temperature in life, not just in our lives, but in the community around us and the world at large. So let's talk through four big buckets um, of things that we can do to lower the temperature. Number one, love, love, love. So it's hard to keep the temperature up when you're living through the filter of love, when you choose to be a loving person, when you choose kindness over rightness, when you're willing to serve others instead of getting everything you deserve. Number two, use social media. Don't let it use you. Unfortunately, social media is the perfect platform for raising the temperature, for perpetuating polarization, for throwing gasoline on open flames. But what if you chose to lower the temperature on your accounts and your comments? What if you chose positive things and encouragement for others? Uh, What could be the ripple effect of that? Remember, the social media platforms actually bank on polarization, right? Chaos and strife are perfect opportunities for them, right? The more involved they can get people in these polarizing conversations, the more money they make. It's pretty sad when you think of it that way, right? It's like we're puppets being manipulated by Facebook and their friends. Number three, listen first, listen more. What would it look like if we could just listen more to get to know people and try to understand their point of view? Uh, What if we stop calling people out, starting crap from afar, right? Whether on social media or even with those around us, people are already on edge, even more so with the pandemic and the instability that life is presenting at the moment. And if people are like firecrackers right now, why would we walk around throwing lit matches everywhere? And a follow-up to this idea of listening more, what if we talked less and thought more? What if instead of spouting off everything that comes to our minds, we stopped, thought critically about it, and then only said the things that were true and helpful and kind? Often, the first thing that comes to our mind aren't factual in the first place, right? They're driven by emotion, and many times we're wrong, 100% wrong, and yet we throw it out there as if it's the gospel truth. Number four, believe the best in others. So this is something that we've uh, talked about before on the podcast, uh, most recently in the Transcendent uh, Parenting series. But even last week, when we were talking about secrecy, um, we talked about how transparency is the antidote to secrecy. And we said that the only way transparency works in a family is if each family member is believing the best about each other. This lowers the temperature and decreases the defensiveness that often derails us in those conversations. So what if we applied that concept to those around us, right? Those outside of our family units. What if we tried to believe the best in them too? Not to judge them first, but to view them as a human being first and get to know them before the judgment starts happening. Now, obviously you need to be a strong person and you need to ensure that you're not being taken advantage of because those people do exist. I'm not going to lie. Uh, But what if we believed the best until proven otherwise, right? That could go a long way in lowering the temperature of the world around us. All right, 
let's land the plane. So this week, ask yourself the following questions. We all understand that shit happens, right? But today we explained that there are things we have absolutely no control over. Does this view help in any way? Are you able to see that a negative event from your past may be something that you had nothing to do with? That you are simply a victim in an event that you had nothing to do with? Number two, for everything else, can you see that there are things that you do have control over, right? There are things that you can do to make negative outcomes either more likely or less likely. And if so, what are some of those things for you? right? What are some of the things that you could right-size this week, um, better choices you could make either behavior-wise or or in your thinking um, this week to help decrease bad things from happening around you? And then finally, lower the temperature. So can you see areas in your life where you literally throw gasoline on an open flame? And if so, what would it look like to throw some water on it instead and lower the temperature in that area? And what would it look like this week for you to love better, use social media well, listen first, and believe the best in others? So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Just remember, we live in a flammable world, <clears throat> but it's uh, it's up to us whether we choose to throw gasoline or water. So I want to dedicate this episode as we kind of close things out here, I want to dedicate the episode to the older brother, right? The guy from my story in the minute of transparency. Uh, His name is Skip Christopher. And unfortunately, we lost him back in 2019. Um, At some point after high school and a few years of college, uh, Skip went into the army where he served for 23 years. Um, And so I want to dedicate this to him and thank him for his service. Rest in peace, my friend. Have a great week, everyone. Lower the temperature. And as always, keep transcending human. For more information on Transcend Human or the Transcend Human podcast, visit us at transcendhuman.com. There you'll find all of the podcast episodes along with the show notes. You'll find blog posts and other resources that'll be helpful to you. You can also find our social media links there, and you can contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. And finally, we would love it if you would share the podcast with friends and family. Uh, If you do have an extra minute, stop by Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a rating and a review. That always helps to boost us in the rankings and ensure that more people find us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next week.